brief us on water-related uh, matters. Um, colleagues, as indicated yesterday, um, on the oversight visit to the Eastern Cape of the Ad Hoc Committee on uh, Floods and Relief, so I'm going to request Chubagoso to assist with chairing this morning in the event that our meeting this side starts. We've got a connectivity problem, but we are arriving in Bisho now. Um, this morning, we were also supposed to get a briefing from the AG uh, on the audit outcomes of the Department of Water and Sanitation and related entities. Um, however, they, that is not complete. Uh, the audit report, uh, I was in touch with the Director General of Water and Sanitation yesterday, and that uh, report will reach Parliament on Friday. So we're going to get that briefing uh, from, from, from the AG next week. So for the purposes of this meeting this morning, that I got my wires mixed up uh, and assumed that today we're meeting with the Minister of Higher Education, but that is scheduled for next week. So don't be alerted to that after the meeting. Uh, so the higher education meeting is, is next week. So colleagues, uh, without any further ado, may I request that Advocate MTB takes us through uh, the water-related investigations and matters that at the SIU, um, as well as the legacy report. And we had somewhat suspended water because of uh, COVID, because of the magnitude as well of the scope of the work there. So I think um, I'll hand over now to Advocate MTV and Babusamong Yagdala, which just helped me out this morning. Uh, but I think we should be fine. But in the event that uh, there's a problem, I will just because of network and uh, the meeting with the uh, MEC this side, as soon as it starts, I will let you know. But for now, I'll be here. So, Advocate Ntibi, um, can I hand over to you and your team and colleagues? Good morning and welcome. Uh, thank you. Thank you, Chair, uh, Honorable Chair, and Honorable Members of the uh, SCOPA. Uh, as always, we appreciate... Recording in progress. We appreciate the opportunity to present to SCOPA on, uh, on, on our investigations. Today, we're presenting on our investigations in the Department of uh, Water and Sanitation, including some of its uh, uh, entities, that's the water boards. Um, I'm joined uh, in the meeting today uh, by uh, my colleagues, uh, Mr. Lacheto, who's the Chief National Investigating Officer. I'm also joined by Ms. Gina Pretorius, uh, who's the lead investigator in various of these uh, of these matters uh miss harun uh, is also a lead investigator in some of the projects miss jama who's also a lead investigator in some of the projects and mr nechikweta also a lead investigator in uh, some of these projects uh we, we, we're really pleased that uh, uh, the team has done quite an extensive work of investigations so Honorable Chair, uh, if uh, Mr. Lachete, if we go to uh, the second slide, please. Uh, just on the contents. Uh, right. Uh, we will, we've covered numerous times the legislative mandates, the operating model, 
And then we'll go straight to the proclamations, just in the interest of time. Uh, then we'll cover the status and outcomes of all the investigations. Honorable Chair and Honorable Members, we've, we've really tried to be as comprehensive as possible uh, so that we can give the Honorable Members the extent of the investigations we conducted. Uh, as you will see in some of the presentations, uh, we mentioned some of the projects that remain incomplete, uh, uh, which, is, which is really a worrying uh, point uh, based on some of the findings. We'll also uh, uh, go into the outcomes and consequence management. We'll also show the Honorable Committee on the referrals uh, that we have made. Um, uh, the, we also, in between, in between the, the specific presentations, uh, we, we make specific observations of the extent of the irregularities, the extent of the maladministration, and in some instances, there's evidence pointing to corruption, and we make mention of that. So, so we'll take the Honorable Committee through that. Uh, and of course, this will probably be a comment at the end. We will incorporate all these findings and referrals into the presidency framework uh, to monitor the SIU referrals. Uh, Honorable Chair, uh, we will also take the committee through new matters that we have, that we have received. Uh, Mr. Lacheto, as I indicated, the honorable members uh, are well aware of our legislative mandate, uh, the outcomes that we seek to reach, uh, our skills that we employ in our investigations. Uh, so so we, will, we will, with your permission, Chair, just go straight to the, to the proclamations. And that takes us to slide number seven. Uh, I will then at this stage uh, hand over to uh, Ms. Gina Pretorius. Uh, she will cover uh, various of the proclamation investigations and then Mr. Lacheto will, will close off with the remaining. Uh, we, 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 we do it so, so that we avoid many handovers to colleagues, but uh, our colleagues will be here to answer specific questions relating to their specific investigations. Uh, Ms. Ms. Uh, Mrs. Pretorius, please, over to you. Morning, thank you, sir. I'm just trying to thank get you. my uh, video on. There we go. Morning, everybody. Morning, Honorable Chair and members. Um, thank you again for the opportunity for the SIU to present. Um, yeah, we've got the slides up. Thank you, Leonard. So I will do the first half of the presentation. We will deal with each proclamation um, as well as its particular focus areas and outcomes and, um, and go into the details of what the SIU did there. This slide here gives you an overall view um, of all the outcomes that the SIU achieved on all the proclamations. Um, just one small amendment there um, that I'll talk you through. So the civil litigation, we list the, the five matters there that are currently in court, whether it be the High Court or the Special Tribunal where the SIU is litigating. Then above that, it indicates that there have been 52 AFU referrals 
And the NPA referrals increased to 110 because we've included in this presentation the SIU's investigation under Proclamation R23 at the Amatola Water Board. And there were 10 additional NPA referrals there. Again, we'll get into the detail of all these matters as we touch on each proclamation. Then the disciplinaries increased up to 55 disciplinary referrals. Um, we've also still sitting on 45 blacklistings, 20 SARS referrals, three CIDB referrals. And then our last outcome is our presidential report. And there are listed the five reports that have been completed and in respect of which proclamations and the dates that they were submitted to the presidency. So this is your overall snapshot of outcomes. We'll now get into the details of each of the investigations. The first matter is Proclamation R35 of 2008. This is the Mkhlatuzi Water Board. I'm not going to go into too much detail here um, with your permission, Chair, as we have presented on this matter before to the committee, and there aren't any significant changes here. So if we could just touch on um, the actual outcomes, which I think is the most important, um, then I will cover, I'll cover those on slide 14. Thanks, Leonard. Um, so our findings in respect of this investigation was that correct um, SEM processes were not followed, that various controls and policies that were in place were insufficient to mitigate the financial losses suffered by the board, that we experienced severe problems with access to documentation and they were either lost or destroyed negligently or intentionally um, at the water board. Um, we found that the water board failed to keep records of their financial transactions, in particular of 9.9 .9 million rand payment vouchers that could not be traced. Many of the original contracts totaling over 19 million rand could not be found or did not exist. And as a result, we found that the entity, the entity had contravened um, the Public Finance Management Act as well as the Water Act in respect of document management and safekeeping thereof. The following slide sets out the outcomes, which is where we continue to monitor and um, follow up on these matters. There were two criminal cases referred. The first one, a case of fraud and corruption against one employee of the water board and the service provider who got paid gratification. The Richards Bay CAS number there refers. The second criminal case is a contravention of the Public Finance Management Act, and this was opened against the board members of the Mkhlatuzi Water Board and the Richards Bay CAS number also there refers. Both these matters are being handled by the DPCI. They are running those criminal investigations. There were three employees implicated at the water board who resigned prior to SIU's completing their investigation and handing over their disciplinaries. Just a note on this point, and it's often a case where employees resign to avoid disciplinary action. The SIU does work um, with the, um, the public service to determine if they pop up in any other government entities. And where the Public Service Act allows, we then work with the accounting authorities of both entities to ensure that that disciplinary follows that official to their new department for it to be um, executed there by their new accounting officer. So the SIU's final report in this matter was submitted to the presidency on the 30th of April, 2013. That concludes in and we then move on to Proclamation R44 of 2012. Um, slides 18 to 20, which I won't go into detail on, set out the mandate that was given to the SIU in terms of this proclamation. Slide 21 then starts with our actual um, overview of the proclamation. 
It was published in September of 2012. There were a total of 34 allegations, so it was a very broad proclamation. Um, all of those allegations were investigated and completed with significant and successful outcomes. Our presidential report was set, submitted to the presidency on the 15th of December 2016. Prior to finalizing that report, we received very um, serious and new allegations in respect of the Vuvani steel pipeline, which is in the Guiani area. And the SIU commenced investigating this matter as it was covered by that proclamation. We then submitted a final report to the president, which included the Vuvani steel pipeline findings on the 28th of October, 2018. The following slide gives us an overview of the referrals that resulted from this investigation. There were a total of 58 referrals in respect of this proclamation made in, in respect of the outcomes here, and we'll go into the details in the following slides. We follow up regularly with the National Prosecuting Authority to determine the status of our referrals to them. The SIU and MPA have also signed a memorandum of understanding to fast track um, progress as well as communication on progress. And the MPA has also communicated to us that they have appointed a dedicated capacity to track all the SIU's referrals. And we continue to pursue these matters and see them through to the conclusion of their prosecution. The SIU also meets regularly with the Department of Water Affairs' internal consequence management team, which is made up of HR, legal and internal audit, and liaise with um, the now permanent DG. Um, we liaise regularly with him and get updates on the status of all the disciplinary matters that have been referred by the SIU to the department. So we monitor those very closely. Just some general procurement findings um, are set out on the next two slides. Um, I won't go into too much detail there. They are set out quite clearly and they're just there for your points of reference. We'll go into the details of the specific matters on slide 25. This matter here is in relation to a Mr. Senequane. Slide 25, please. This um, individual was a SAP consultant working with the department. Um, the SIU assisted the department and ensured that the criminal prosecution was fast-tracked. He was convicted on the 13th of July 2012 on three counts of theft to the value of 2.8 million rand. In essence, the facts of the matter are that he simply transferred monies from water affairs into his personal bank account as he had the user access being a SAP super user on the system. The accused was sentenced in the criminal court to seven years of direct imprisonment. Um, the SIU also pursued the civil recovery of these stolen monies by way of a court action, and we obtained a default judgment for the full value of the 2.8 million. Unfortunately, we were unable to actually make a recovery as his business had been liquidated, he had no assets, and he was at that time currently in jail serving his sentence. The next slide de deals with the Sunday's River Valley Municipality. Here, the department funded an 18 million rand upgrade to the Patterson Bulk Water Supply Project in the Eastern Cape, and this was done with the Amatola Water Board, who used the Sundays River Valley Municipality as the implementing agent. The um, Sundays River Valley Municipality failed to utilize the funds correctly, was unable to account for 7.9 million, and used it to pay salaries. The SIU was instrumental in assisting the department and declared a formal intergovernmental dispute and went through the formal process with the department um, and the municipality. And we're pleased to say that on February 2014, the SIU attended mediation and ensured a repayment agreement was secured for the outstanding balance of 5.8 million. 
And we're happy to report that those payments have been fully recovered to the SIU and paid over to the department. So 5.8 million recovery for the department there. Thank you. Next slide, please. <clears throat> the following um, few slides detail the disciplinary referrals that were made in respect of conflicts of interest. So where officials were doing business with the department whilst being employed by the department. There's not um, that much to update you on here, except to just point out now that all these matters have been concluded by the Department of Water and Sanitation. A few matters we had to provide reconstructed files to the department, which we did, and we've been working very closely with their, um, their uh, consequence management team to ensure appropriate conclusion on all these matters. So just for your own noting, um, matters one and three on this slide, which were previously not concluded, have now been concluded. Um, the process was followed within the department and the acting DG at that stage has made a decision um, after hearing from the official um, that the matters can be concluded and closed for various reasons which are set out in the tables that follow. So matters one and three on this slide, matter number six on the following slide, concluded in the same manner, and then matter number um, nine on the following slide. Also reconstructed file, handed over, and has since been concluded by the acting DG. So we're pleased to say that all of those have been dealt with, um, and yeah, that's our update there. Then moving on to the next slide, these were additional disciplinary referrals which related to our procurement investigations. Here also we have an update in respect of the last matter, number four, where again a reconstructed file was handed over to the department and they have also concluded on the matter and the matter has been closed. I just want to bring to your attention matter number three, Mr. Lekuhane. This is an example of a matter here where the official resigned from the department prior to facing disciplinary charges there. Um, the SIU traced the official and he's now at, at environmental affairs. And we have, with the assistance of the department, referred the matter to the HOD at Environmental Affairs for the disciplinary to continue there. So that is an example of the, the Public Service Act being put into action in respect of officials who try to avoid disciplinary action. Then the next slide also just sets out further details, slide number 31, in respect of SCM investigations and disciplinaries there. Um, there's only one outstanding there, which is matter number seven to be concluded, but the rest of the matters have been concluded. So we are we're quite pleased with that progress. Slide number 32 details again all the criminal asset forfeiture unit and SARS referrals that were made in respect of our investigations. All the details are listed there. Um, there's not significant movement to, um, to be reported on. So we will just go through those slides quite quickly, 33 and 34. And then moving on to slide 35. In this matter, and this is a new matter that I don't think we've reported to the committee on before, this matter is metric industrial supplies. This was a case that was taken by the department to the High Court um, SIU then got the proclamation and also conducted an investigation, but it was in court before we got involved. 
Our investigation did uncover evidence which pointed towards criminality. We referred that to the NPA, and we also um, handed that over to assist with the civil case. Our lead investigator also testified as a witness in the High Court in the civil trial. The matter actually went to trial. And he aided in a successful court order and a payment of 25 million rand was ordered to be paid back to the department by the supplier. The SIU did a calculation and at the date of that court order, which was February 2021, the recovery was quantified at 45.9 million, which includes the interest that the court order contained as well. We are following up uh, on this matter to see whether there has been an appeal or whether or not the the monies have been repaid to the department. The next slide, um, 56, uh, sorry, 46, deals with um, some concerns that the SIU relayed to the department in respect of consequence management. You would have noted from the earlier tables that there was quite a lag between when disciplinaries were handed over to the department and when they were concluded. The SIU did take note of this and did escalate to the acting DG in October 2018 um, the concerns that the SIU had regarding the delay in implementing our recommendations to to discipline officials. Um, The department responded and undertook to, to expedite all the matters, and that's where we started handing over duplicate files for where matters had not yet been dealt with. And um, we're pleased to say that the majority of those disciplinaries from this proclamation have been concluded. And the last bullet there just deals with the provisions of the Public Service Act, which allows us to track officials to their new um, departments if they are still within the civil service. And two cases of example are listed there. The next slide, 37, this is the Vovani pipeline matter. Our observations on site um, in terms of the service delivery around about the end of 2018 are stated there. There was no water going through the pipeline and the communities were still not getting the benefit. The three-kilometre part of the pipeline that had been damaged had not been repaired. There were parts of the lining inside the pipeline that were loose and needed to be repaired. Um, This was confirmed by the project managers Big in Africa and at that stage, the department did not have funds to pay Askell or Biggin, who were doing work on site. And we can advise as of today that the, um, the pipeline is, is still not functioning, but the department has stepped in and is in the process of themselves working on this pipeline to restore the, the water to the communities that is yet to flow through the pipeline. The next slide identifies some of the project management issues that were also identified by the SIU team, um, that the department's supervising engineer um, should have alerted the department timelessly to various risks involved, um, as well as the officials that were involved there. There was failure to comply with public service management and its regulations, failure to heed the professional engineering advice, poor project management and oversight by the department, and poor financial management and record keeping as well. Next slide, please. In terms of our um, findings in respect of Vuvani there, the SIU completed the investigation and the presidential report was submitted in October 2018. The contract that was awarded in 2012 with a value of 50 million rand was was supposed to be completed in 45 weeks. That was in 2012. A total of 29 million had been paid to the contractor to date. Subsequent to the award of the contract, um, the contractor failed to perform on time 
And instead of the department enforcing the penalty clauses, the department unlawfully entered into a supplementary agreement which made provision for waiving of the penalties. The agreement also provided for a 16 million rand advance payment to be made to the construction company to improve its cash flow. Uh, We found that this extension constituted a complete disregard of provisions of the original contract and the PFMA as well. Next slide, the SIU advised the department and the Director General at the time not to proceed with this um, 8.5 million advance payment to ASCOL. The DG accepted our recommendations and issued instructions for that money not to be paid, and that 8.5 million was therefore saved for the department. The SIU also advised the department that the 13 million paid to ASCOL at that stage um, was irregular as well as fruitless and wasteful expenditure. The outcomes from this investigation were that the NPA referral of evidence pointing towards fraud involving the company and the director was done in September of 2018. There was also a disciplinary referral of evidence pointing towards misconduct of the DDG at the time at the water trading entity. This disciplinary was finalized and the official was found not guilty. We have been informed that the department has filed a review application at the labor court in respect of this decision and the SIU has assisted the department in this regard. The misconduct involved gross negligence in the performance of their duties, contravention of various prescripts, including the PFMA, the Constitution, Treasury regulations, as well as the department's own policies and the CIDB Act. Further outcomes are detailed here. Three SARS referrals against the company and the officials for tax discrepancies and unexplained income, as well as a referral to the Construction and Industry Development Board, pointing towards um, fraud committed by the company in the grading process, and the CIDB confirmed that they are conducting an inquiry of their own in respect of this matter. The SIU, in respect of Vuvani, also instituted civil action um, for a damages claim, which was originally valued at 140 million, but then revised down to 95 million. Summons was issued in February of 2018, and this matter was in the High Court of South Africa. And the um, parties are listed below there, Ms. Marte, a DDG at the department, Mr. Morfa King, the former CFO, as well as the construction company and its director. The status of the civil litigation is set out on the next three slides. I'm not going to go into detail there. It's safe to say that the matter is still continuing. The matter is in the High Court, so it does take a bit longer than matters that are in our special tribunal, which has a much shorter court role. That concludes Proclamation R44 of 2012, and I'll now start with Proclamation R7 of 2018, which is the contracts awarded by the department to SAP Technologies, or SAP, sorry. The first two slides, the first slide sets out the SIU's mandate as um, determined by our proclamation. And then slide 50 details the allegations that we investigated and we received. So the SIU, uh, through a whistleblower, received the allegations that the purchasing of these SAP licenses for more than 500 million rand was not necessary and the correct process was not followed, and that the payment of 35 million rand in kickbacks had been made. We commenced work on the 21st of September 2018 and immediately uplifted computers and documentation from the department. We then also did our internal processes with a letter of engagement informing the acting DG at the time of the cost and timeframes of our investigation. 
SIU found evidence that indicated that the contract value is approximately 950 million rand, excluding VAT, which consisted of 450 million rand for the SAT license fees plus the maintenance fees over a five-year period. We found that there was no needs analysis conducted, no budget for the purchase of the licenses, no environment or approval for the payments made to SAP, and a total at that time of 285 million, which increased to 413 million rand, had been paid to SAP. CETA was also not consulted, as is required for such purchases, and in fact, CETA advised the department against proceeding with this contract. The following slide, there were two contracts involved. The following slide deals with the findings in respect of the first of the two, which is the 2015 agreement. And the SIU's evidence found here that the contract was irregular and ought to be set aside. It was concluded pursuant to a misrepresentation. There was no budget for it. And the department did not comply with its own SCM policies or the constitution, the PFMA, the CETA Act and national treasury regulations and practice notes. We then deal with the next slide, which is the 2016 agreement. And in respect of this matter, again, similar findings. The department procured IT-related software for entities with various water boards, which the department had no authority to procure goods and services for. The department's ITC and chief information officer, um, who are subject matter experts on IT at the department, did not support the procurement process. The department nor any of its entities received any services, nor were any products or licenses deployed by the department in respect of this agreement. And again, the department did not comply with the listed um, legislation and regulations there in the last bullet. Lastly, on the next slide, there was no budget, and this led the department to incurring at that time fruitless and wasteful expenditure of 285 million, which escalated to 413 million. The SIU is pleased to report, as per the next slide, that we launched civil litigation in the special tribunal with the department as co-applicant. Our papers were issued um, on the 30th of July, 2020, and the SIU's application was to seek an order to set aside the contract to the value of 1.1 billion rand. In the order, the S or in the papers, the SIU prays for an order that declared that the um, that the licenses and the contract are invalid of no force effect and avoid ab initio. Next slide, please. This deals with the outcomes of our civil litigation. And again, we're very pleased to say that on the 15th of March, 2020, the special tribunal ordered that the 2015 and 2016 contracts valued at 1.1 billion rand were declared constitutionally invalid and were set aside by the court. The court further ordered that SAP repay the amount of 413 million rand to the department. That amount represents the total received on these two contracts. There are two uh, qualifying statements there, though. Of the 413 million, an amount of 68 million rand was set off from that debt, as that was owed to SAP by the department for maintenance fees, which had not been paid. And then there is an amount of 83 million rand, which was disputed by SAP, as they said it was third-party costs, and so it was agreed that this matter would be put before the special tribunal to be adjudicated on as to whether or not the SAP should repay the 83 million rand to the department. Further to this, the SIU recorded um, savings of 691 million rand were incurred, sorry, previous slide, were incurred by the department as a result of this contract being cancelled and the balance of the, the difference between the 1.1 billion and the 400 million 
that's the 691 balance was not going to be paid out. That's the result. That's the saving. And we can also confirm that the actual cash repaid to um, the department as a result of this court order was total amount of 263 million, which was paid to the department on the 18th of March, 2022. Then other outcomes from our SAP investigation, a criminal referral to the NPA for contraventions of the PFMA by the former acting DG, an asset forfeiture referral was made, Two disciplinary referrals were made, one against the DDG in October of 2019. The status of this referral is that the official was served, the hearing was set down in April and was concluded, and the DDG was found guilty on nine out of the ten charges that were brought against her, and the sanction in this matter is expected in July of this year. The chief director also had a disciplinary referral against her and the department is in the process of appointing an initiator and a chairperson to run this process. There was a triple BWE referral made as well, a SARS referral for various tax discrepancies, and then a criminal, another criminal referral to the NPA in March of 2022, where evidence in, in terms of the commissioning of various offences of poker were pointed out, as well as the Companies Act, and were handed over to the NPA. And that concludes the outcomes on our SAP investigation and that proclamation. And at this point, I'll hand over to Mr. Lecheta to continue with the balance of the presentation. Thank you very much. Thank you, Gina. Thank you, Advocate. And thank you, Chairperson. And thank you, Honorable Members and the colleagues in the meeting. Um, I'll present the rest of the matters that pertain to the proclamation that we have received. The first one pertained to the Lepele uh, Northern Water contract, which was awarded to LTE. Uh, if we go to the next slide, this next slide just indicate that this proclamation R22 of 2016 was a one proclamation which was issued pertaining to Lepele Northern Water and Houghton Department of Human Settlement. So this part relates to the Department of Human Settlement. The next part relates to the Lepel and Northern Water, uh, which we were supposed to uh, uh, investigate the appointment of LTE by Lepel and Northern Water to render service to LNW in respect of the Mopane Water and Wastewater Emergency Intervention. And that process, which were, were not fair, equitable, transparent, competitive, and cost effective. And when you go to the next slide also, it gives us the background as to how did the whole thing happen. And as we indicate there in summary that around 14 August 2014, uh, Mr. Majola, who's the owner of the LTE, attended the Inviso call by the former minister then to address the water challenges in Guiani. And during the Section 52C, when we called uh, the owner of LTC to ask him, uh, he, he confirmed that he was present at the Inviso held in Kihani on the 14th of August. And he further mentioned that after the Inviso was concluded, he met with the CEO of LNW, Mr. Lehodi, and proposed idea that can resolve water challenges in Kihani through a company called LTE. And on the following day, 15th of August, 2014, LTE representatives were present at the task team meeting called by the minister, even though the task team was supposed to be attended by officials from the Mopani District Municipality, the department, and LNW. It should be noted that LTE was present at the trustee meeting 
before LNW started with the supply chain management process to appoint the service provider for the project. LTE was initially appointed on an emergency basis on the 20th of August 2014 for the repair and refurbishment of water and wastewater works for the value of 90 million. The appointment dated 20 August 2014 was informed by a directive issued by the minister by the former minister on the 25th of August 2014, requesting NLW to intervene on emergency with regard to water challenge in Guiani. The former minister indicated that Guiani water treatment work should be completed by no later than 30 September 2014. And on 25 September 2014, LNW appointed LTE for non-emergency work to the value of 2.2 billion, excluding VET. It should be noted that no procurement process were followed when the project was extended from 90 million to, to 2.2 billion. It should further be noted that the directive issued by the minister on 25 August 2014 was not extended to include non-emergency project. LNW does extended the project to include non-emergency work, increasing the amount from 90.1 million to 2.2 billion without authorization from the department as there was no extension to the directive issued by the minister by then. And further to that, the SIU is of the view that if new directive was issued to include this non-emergency work, LNW would have been required to go through procurement process. Then when you come into the value for money exercise that we have conducted because the project was including the drilling of borehole. Then we conducted the value of money. SIU team secure a service of a quantity surveyor to conduct a value for money exercise of five of the 167 borehole installed for the project. The five sample borehole were selected based on price categories in order to ensure that all prices were included. Findings submitted by the quantity surveyors are, are reflected in the next table. And as you can see in the next table, you can see the first column is number, the second one is the village where the borehole was, was conducted. Then the next one is a borehole ID number. Then the next column is the estimated cost. Then the next column is the actual cost which was paid for that particular borehole. And the last one is the variance in terms of the cost. If we take the first one, which is the Pangani, a bow, uh, at the village where a borehole was con, con, uh, drilled, the estimated cost for that borehole based on the, the assessment made, uh, done by the QS is that it's 1.1 uh, million. But when we look at the actual cost that was paid by Lipella, they paid 1.2 million for that particular borehole. And when you take the second one, which is Bambeni village, a borehole there was, con was, was uh, constructed and the estimated cost for that borehole is 1.2 million, but Lepele paid 2.1 million for that borehole. And the third one is meaning Guinea uh, village and the borehole value of that borehole was 1 million, but the Lepele water paid 2.6 million for that borehole. And we go on and we can take the last one, number five, which is Paleobeni, a village where the borehole there 
was drilled and the estimated uh, value for that borehole is 1.4 million, but Lepel paid 4 million for that borehole. Then value for money, uh, we can see that the, the, the total amount of 7 million is a loss due to overly inflated costs and total amount of about 2.5 million was fruitless and wasteful expenditure as all the water purification plant are all non-functional leaving community exposed to unsafe drinking water and a total prejudice of about 9.5 million has occurred either due to non-performance or non-significantly inflated project cost. Then they, we also appointed an engineer also to do the value for money in terms of the pipeline and the water waste. As we can see that uh, the, the next slide will show the, the extract from, the, 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 from the, the report from the QS. It's quite small, we can, can try. As we can see also that the first column is the number, the second one is the description of what was supposed to be done. Then the next one is the amount paid, then the estimate cost as per the engineer, then that's the potential saving, that's the last one. When we look at 1.1, which was the cost for construction, the amount which was paid to the service provider is 12.9 million. And based on the assessment by the engineer, they've assessed and indicated that, that um, the amount for that particular construction is 6.9 million. And the engineering cost payment which was made is 1 million and the engineer has costed as 830,000. And project management costs 435,000 and which was paid, then the engineer costed at 346 uh, rand. Then we can go down and down. Uh, the next one is construction costs, particularly to delivery number 17 where the construction cost, the payment which was made is 5.9 million and the value for that work that was done was 5.4 million. Then when we go down in terms of delivery 18 and 19 and 26, construction cost payment which was made is 9.2 million. And based on the assessment from the QS is that that cost for that work which was done is a, 4.3 million. Then when we go to number four, which is delivery number 23, construction cost, which was uh, uh, the payment which was made to the service provider was 217 million by Lepelle. And when the engineer uh, cost the work that has been done, they came through to 137 million. And also on the construction cost number 11, which was 10.8 million, but the assessment shows that the work could have been done by to the value of 5.2 million. And the last one, which is delivery number 34, which the construction cost has cost the department 1.3 billion. And when the engineer assessed the cost, they just came around 6.7, million uh, costs which would have been paid to the service provider. And that also include the engineering, which was part which was work, where they've cost the department 163 million. And the, the cost is went to 84.4 million. Next slide also continue 
with the issue about the value for money is the same way that we indicate where we can see that in terms of delivery number 30, a preliminary cost for the design was what was paid to the service provider is 80 million, but the estimated cost was, was supposed to be 56. Then the last one is preliminary cost for the design also, whereby the service provider was paid 40 million and the cost was 38 million. So the investigation into the SCM has been completed and we found that the contract was originally awarded as a result of the following. The SIU has issued, uh, actually the SIU has issued summons on the 26th of November, 2018 in the High Court Limpopo Division and the civil, civil action is to set aside the contract to the value of 4.1 billion. I think it should be noted that the moment we made finding and we indicated to the panel that they must stop, uh, the contract was issued regularly, they continue with the, the, the project and that's why the cost escalated from 2.2 billion to 4.1 billion. The contract was unlawfully and irregularly concluded the parties to the litigation are SIU versus uh, Lepel and Northern Water, LTE Consulting, and Cato Sevels, South Zambezi Engineering, uh, Mopane District Municipality, Department of Water and Sanitation. The matter has been set down for hearing on, on the 19th of October 2022 at Polopane High Court. Then SIU has referred evidence to the Construction and Industry Development Board pointing towards the Contravention of CIDP Act on 6 December 2017. The current status of the matter is that the CIDP is currently conducting investigation into the matter based on the SIU recommendation. Disciplinary referrals was made in respect of the, the LNW CEO who later resigned before disciplinary hearing was held. The disciplinary referral was referred on the 26th of February 2018 for negligence and contravention of uh, PFMA. The DC against the manager planning GIS and of LNW was referred on the 20th of September 2018 for collusion, fraud, and bribery. And NPA was made, referral was made on the 3 of April 2018 for the former CEO for contravention of PFMAA. An NPA referral was also made in respect of one official on the 20th of September, 2018 for collusion and fraud. And blacklisting referral is currently under review. SIU is assisting the Hawks with the criminal investigation and they are almost done with their investigation. The investigation in relation to this matter has been concluded and SIU is finalizing the final presidential report which will be submitted to the presidency in a very soon. And just during the time when we're busy with the investigation, it's worth noting that uh, there were some various attempts by the CEO to block the investigation, as we indicated that uh, interdict uh, Mr. Lopodi, which was the uh, CEO of LNW, applied for interdict against the SIU to prevent the unit from conducting further investigation uh, whereby Mr. Lhodi and former LNW board brought interdict proceeding against the SIU for an order in the following terms. The purported investigation by the SIU of the private or personal uh, financial affair of Mr. Lhodi is not authorized by the proclamation 
and also that the appropriate investigation by the SIU of the private or personal information, uh, financial affair of Mr. Lokodi was unlawful and constitutional. So, and also that the SIU is directed to desist from on refrain from carrying on with the said investigation. So that's the, what they pleaded in terms of that interdict. And NLW bought withdrew as a party. They were the second respondent and Mr. Lokodi later abandoned the process. That is the, the that interdict. Then also it's worth mentioning that the SIU following the submission of the disciplinary referral of Mr. Lokodi to LNW, but Mr. Lokodi resigned as an employee of LNW. The SIU submitted a court application to the special tribunal to preserve the pension of Mr. Lokodi and preserve his immovable asset pending the finalization of the court case in Polokwane. Mr. Lokodi pension is frozen and four immovable property have been preserved pending the finalization of the said court case. The observation with regard to this whole project, LNW abused the directive from the minister in that they decided to appoint all service providers by deviation instead of following the normal procurement process. And even though uh, billions of rent have been spent in the project so far, the project is still incomplete. As a result, people of Guyane are not getting any water from the project. Overcharging by the service provider is very evident in based on the report from the QS and engineer. The project was initially stopped because, the, because of payment dispute between the service provider and the department. LNW and the department terminated the service of the service of the contractor. And we also observed that there were poor project management on the part of NLW and the department. Then this investigation is completed. Then while we're still investigating at Lepel and Northern Water, we came across another contract which was awarded to a company called Blackhead. And we applied for a proclamation and the proclamation was issued in terms of this contract. Then the investigation uh, continued. Then the scope of the investigation included the following, SCM investigation into the appointment of Blackhead Consulting, for the raising of the Zanene Dam Wall project, the, uh, the award of the CIDP grading, uh, allegation of corruption in respect of the raising of the Zanene Dam Wall project. And also we look at the investigation to the payments made to Blackhead in respect of the raising of the Zanene Dam Wall project, which was the value for money. That's what we looked into. Then in terms of the SCM investigation finding, we found that the SEM process followed in the appointment of Blackhead Consulting was not compliant with Section 217 of the Constitution in that the process was not fair, uh, equitable, transparent, competitive, and cost-effective. LNW did not follow their SEM process in appointing the service provider. There was no emergency or agency in the appointment of the service provider for the raising of Zanene Dam Wall and LNW was supposed to have gone out on a normal competitive SEM process, and the project was part of the department's planning uh, approved for the 2012 uh, uh, budget. Then with regard to CIDB, as we have investigated, we, the SIU determined that this was not a construction project, therefore CIDB grading was not required. The project was 
identified as an engineer project. Then with regard to value money, value for money investigation, the SIU is in the process of acquiring the service of an engineer or a quantity surveyor to conduct value for money exercise. The SEM process is underway to appoint the QS. Then corruption investigation, the, the investigation is currently ongoing. The team is currently following up on allegation on, of kickbacks paid to senior government official by the service provider. Then observation with regard to this particular uh, project, LNW abused the directive from the minister to appoint Blackhead on deviation based on the agency, even though the project was not agent. Uh, seven years later, the project still remained unfinished. Uh, the purpose of the project was to increase water capacity at Zanene Dam. The spillway of the dam was demolished in 2016, which means the dam capacity is now lower than it used to be. It remained like that since the project was, is not yet being completed. Then we're done with Lepelle. Then the next uh, project was the proclamation relating to R28 of 2019, which was for together for the throw water scheme. Then the, this slide, number 85, outlined the mandate whereby we were to investigate the appointment by the Department of the Service Provider under the contract number that is stated there for eight months to render services for the emergency upgrading of the Together Food and Road Transfer Scheme and payments made in respect thereof in a manner that was not fair, competitive, transparent, equitable and cost effective and contrary to applicable legislation. When you go to slide number 85, uh, it also look, we are looking at any unlawful and improper conduct by official or employee of the department, the service provider, or any other person relating to the allegation that we have uh, outlined. Then we go to slide number 86. The allegation pertaining to this matter is as follows. The appointment of a professional service provider to render services for the emergency upgrading of the Together for the Pro scheme under contract number that is mentioned there for the contract period of 18 months was irregular as it did not conform to the procurement prescript and that the appointment of service provider for the upgrade was not on a panel of professional service provider for the department and the service provider was appointed on the, on the pretense of an emergency which was not justifiable. The appointed service provider was paid an amount of 419 million excluding VELT whilst the upgrade was not completed after the contract period expired in March, 2019. Then investigation status during March, during May, 2021, the SIU civil litigation unit granted, was granted authority to brief council for civil litigation on con consultation with council, it was revealed that some members of the top management structure may be guilty of fraud. As a result, the team has drafted an additional criminal referral against the former acting director general. Evidence against the former acting director general has been packaged for delivery to NPA. SIU investigation found that the procurement process to appoint AUCOM was not compliant with the applicable procurement prescript. The team conducted meeting with the 
Department Disciplinary Committee to discuss the implementation of the disciplinary referral against five BEC members. The disciplinary proceedings have commenced. And with regard to project performance expenditure, Council has drafted paper to the Special Tribunal seeking several remedies to declare the contract unlawful, set it aside, and recover the losses suffered by the department. Financial report of the analysis of the bank statement of AECOM, CMC, and identify official to identify possible link between official and the service provider has been submitted. Analysis of property information that is movable and movable uh, of the service provider and the subcontractor in preparation for the civil case has been submitted. The final report with findings and quantum of losses have been received from the quantity surveyor. After site assessment were conducted to complete the value for mining exercise. The closeout report to the president has been submitted for final review because the investigation has been finalized. Then the next slide just show the project underperformance. As you can see in picture number one, it just showed that the, uh, the incomplete water storage tank. Then the picture number two, it just showed the incomplete pipeline subject to deterioration due to rust. So this was the picture as when we conducted the site visit whereas the contractor has been paid more than 400 million. Then picture number three shows the temporary dam built by service provider, which needs to be renovated. And also picture number four, which is a pump station, uh, which shows that it's empty, and but money has been paid. Then you can see picture number five, incomplete pump station, and picture number six, incomplete extraction points. Then we can go on and on. Picture number seven, it's an incomplete chamber. Then when we come to the outcome of the investigation, administrative decision or action set aside or deemed to the, con to deem the contract to be invalid, invalid, that is the contract value that we have, that will be submitting to the special tribunal in order to cancel the contract is close to 646 million. And the status update is that the council draft is drafting paper, uh, the process underway, and we hope that soon we will be ready to go to the special tribunal. Then in, in terms of potential recovery that we like to make, we likely to recover 429 million that has already been paid by to the service provider based on the work that has not yet been done, based on the picture that we have just projected. And this is based on the quantification by the QS. Then disciplinary referral against the BEC, as we have referred the five members, then we have referred this to the department and the process is underway. And NPA referral against the former 18 DG is to be handed over to the National Prosecuting Authority. Then as indicated, the investigation is complete and the final close-up report to the president has been submitted for quality review and it's going to be submitted in a in a short space of time then the next project that we investigate under proclamation r4 of 2019 it's in relation to umgeni water which is one of the entity for the department then a mandate for the siu is listed in this slide then 
we can go to next slides, which is quite specific in terms of the matters that we investigated. As you can see that number AA, we were to investigate the contract participation goal program of Ungeni. Then the second one, we investigated provisioning or, or upgrade of emergency boreholes in the Umkaya Kude district. And also we are looking at the repair or refurbishment of the Nagle aquaduct. And also looking at the replacement of filter slabs, pipelines, nozzle in terms of the contract participation goal program. And also looking at the provision or upgrading of chlorine distribution equipment. And also looking at the provision of emergency pipelines in the area of the Ugu district municipality. And we also look at the purchasing and installation of control valve in terms of the contract participation goal program. And also we look at the installation of Nungwani pipes lines in the area of Amanzim Toti. Then in terms of the whole thing, the mandate is to look at the maladministration and we also we needed to look at the, any unlawful and improper conduct by board members, contractors and service providers and official of the department. Then in terms of focus area number one, which was to investigate all these, those, the, the, the matters that I've just indicated, which is relating to the procurement or contracting, including subcontracting for goods, work or services uh, by Mgeni or on behalf of Mgeni in respect of the following project, those projects I've just outlined here, a previous program, a pre previous slides, but here they do indicate the value. The first one is the contract participation of goal a program for Mgeni. The second one is the project to upgrade emergency borehole in the Ukanyakude district to the value of 51 million. And number three is the project to repair or refurbish the Nagle aqueduct contract to the value of 57 million. The number four is the project to replace filter slab pipeline, including nozzle contract to the value of 50, 65 million. <coughs> and number five is the project to provide upgrade chlorine distribution and the value is 130 million. Number six is the project to provide emergency pipeline and the value is 27 million. And number seven is the project to, uh, to purchase and install control valve to the value of 55 million. And the project number eight is the project to install pipeline uh, to the value of 80 million. <coughs> Sorry. Then as indicated that the focus area number two, we are looking at the maladministration and focus number three, we are looking at the, any fraudulent corrupt activity pertaining to all this procurement. And number four, we determine a related or unauthorized, we're looking at a, a unauthorized or irregular expenditure in relation to all the expenditure that has been uh, outlined. Then in terms of the outcome, SIU has completed the investigation and we have, we have the following outcome. Referrals was made to the National Prosecuting for Fraud, Corruption, Contravention and uh, prevention and combating of corrupt activity and money laundering uh, in relation to 57 individual and entities. 
And also referral was made to asset for future unit in respect of 45 individual and entities to recover the procedure of crime in terms of prevention of organized crime. And 18 disciplinary referrals were made to Umgeni Water and 45 administrative action were referred to Umgeni Water for placing the entity and individual on the Umgeni vendors list of defaulters and national treasury database of restricted suppliers. In terms of civil recovery, SIU has briefed civil litigation unit in respect of five contracts in a total contract value of 328 million in order to institute civil proceedings in the special tribunal to set aside the contract and or to declare them void up the initio and to recover the state funds. The SIU has appointed a, appointed a quantity surveyor to assist in the quantification of the court of actual losses to Umgeni Water with a view to institute civil action to recover the same money that has been outlined before. And the quantity surveyor has completed the work and is drafting his final report. Then SIU is in a final reporting phase. All the matters referred to NPA have been actioned and docket have been opened. The criminal matters are with the, the head office, DPCI, in the serious uh, corruption offense component, and SIU is providing ongoing support in respect of these matters. Umkeni Water has briefed a team of attorney and advocate to deal with the disciplinary matters and administrative action referrals. SIU is currently uh, consulting with them in order to assist them with the institution of such uh, referrals. Then conclusion, the SIU is in the reporting phase of the project as indicated. Presidential report is drafted and it's in the final review process within the SIU and the project end date of the, 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 end, the project end date was 31 May, whereby it's been uh, achieved and currently we're busy reviewing the report so that it can be submitted to the president. And the SIU is motivating for an extension to this uh, proclamation as more allegation has been uncovered during the course of the investigation. So we're still waiting for the, to motivate for such allegations so that the proclamation can be extended so that we can able to cover some of these new matters. Then the next proclamation is in relation to R33 of 2021. And this one relates to four contracts which were awarded to EOH. <coughs> Excuse me. On 30 July 2021, Proclamation R33 of 2021 was gazetted and published in terms of the proclamation. SIU was directed to investigate the procurement and contracting in relation to the following contract. The first one, which is A, is WP0538, and the second one is the Finance Manahona, and the number C is the Information Technology. And number D is supply chain management by Department of Water Affairs. All of this above contract were concluded between Department of Water Affairs and EOH Ntombo. Key objectives of the investigation was to review compliance with whether the process uh, was in line with the prescribed legislation and to investigate instances of alleged irregularities and also to collect lawfully admissible evidence 
with a view to facilitate the institution of criminal civil disciplinary proceeding against complicit parties and also to recover through civil proceeding losses suffered by the department or the state to prevent further losses and also to identify systemic weaknesses that resulted in the failure to prevent and detect the irregularities uh, perpetrated and to make recommendations to address such weaknesses. In terms of key deliverables, as indicated, is to institute and recommend institution of civil proceeding and also to refer evidence of misconduct for the institutional disciplinary and also to refer evidence indicating or pointing to criminal offense to NPA and identify systemic gaps and compile closure report on all sub-investigation concluded and submit presidential report as envisaged in terms of section 41F of the SIU Act. Then those were the allegations pertaining to those uh, four contracts that the contract were awarded irregularly and the value of the contract were inflated and EOH paid large sum of money to subcontractors who allegedly did not perform any work and there were unusual and irregular upfront payments made to the contractors and the need for some of service providers were fabricated and did not exist and still does not exist. Invoicing was made long after the project had ended. Then during the investigation, when we started the investigation, EOH contacted SIU and reported allegation of possible fraud and corruption involving some of its employee and other third party who may have colluded with the Department of Water Affairs uh, official in relation to this contract. EOH indicated to SIU that it is prepared to discuss settlement and made a written offer of 52 million in respect of the two of the four contracts. Then status of the investigation, the investigation kicked off on the 10th of August, 2021. The SIU has collected and analyzed the relevant documents in respect in relation to the contract under investigation. The SIU has considered the offer by EOH and cannot accept any offer. The SIU has quantified the amount payable by department, payable to the department is 234 million. The SIU has appointed counsel with the view to approach the special tribunal and the SIU has informed EOH of its finding and EOH has undertaken to consider the finding and revert to SIU. <coughs> the SIU is currently involved in conducting lifestyle audits on implicated officials from the Department of Water Affairs so that we can able to see some of those officials were involved and we can able to make criminal referrals and civil and, 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 and disciplinary referral for such official. So on this one, investigation is ongoing and we just waiting for the paper to be ready so that they can be lodged in the special tribunal. <clears throat> the next uh, proclamation is in relation to proclamation R23 of 2020. And this relates to Amatola water board and this proclamation was more in relation to the uh, PPE investigation. SIU investigated, investigation covered the following matters. A total of 118 contracts were investigated as listed below. That is 36 service provider for the supply, delivery, and installation of rainwater harvest tank, 17 service provider for water cutting trucks, 
20 service provider for water tanker through national, tre- tre- national treasury transversal contract, eight service provider for drilling and equipping of boreholes, and 37 service provider for rapid response unit. Then in terms of uh, uh, investigation pertaining to categories of each of those investigation outline, procurement of the three service provider for rainwater harvesting tank. On 26 March 2020, the Amatola Water Board appointed the three service provider through an open tender. Three other, three, the three others were also appointed through an RFQ all for the supply, delivery, and installation of rainwater harvesting tank to different municipalities in the Eastern Cape. About 3,850 3, water tankers were procured by Amatolo Water for all the municipality. Each 5,000 liter tank costs up to 12,000. And if not available, then a two by 2.5 two, uh, liter water tanks were provided. RFQ and a division process was used for the procurement. No needs assessment was conducted and the tankers were to be delivered at the premises of each municipality until they had a plan as to where they were going to be installed. Amatola Water Board acted as the implementing agent for the Department of National Department of Water and Sanitation and any tank brand were accepted. The BAC disregarded the recommendation of the BEC when they recommended service provider who were not responsive during evaluation and CEO and former SCM manager were found to have interfered with the recommendation, recommended list by, the, by including supplier who were not found to be responsive by EC. BEC in the list of the appointed service providers. <clears throat> then finding in uh, procurement of rainwater harvesting tank, three service providers appointed were done via RFQ, uh, were received directly from the CEO and the SCM manager. The appointed service provider did not install the tank according to the agreed tender specification and the claim for delivery fee, which were in most, in most already included in the price of the tanks and delivered by the manufacturer themselves, which were delivered by the manufacturer itself. The SIU also found an inter, in, intern at Amatola Water was a director of a company that was registered as a service provider at Amatola Water Board. This company was also appointed to supply deliver and install the harvesting tank by Amatolo Water. And the intern is a sister of a buyer at Amatola Water, but who was also involved in the procurement of the said water harvesting tank. These two officials failed to disclose or declare their interest during the procurement of the water harvesting tank. Then in relation to procurement of 17 service provider for the water cutting trucks, the SIU investigation found that Amatola Water Board were appointed 17 service provider to provide a water cutting through a RFQ. In terms of this process, 35 service provider submitted quotation and 18 of the service provider was responsive as they met all the requirements of the 
of the tender. 17 service providers were appointed on 31 March 2020 on condition that they accept the 4,310 rates proposed by the AWB. One service provider that was part of the 18 service provider that was responsive was not allocated work. A buyer that was responsible for requesting quotation up to the value of 500,000 per services pro- per service provider sent uh, the appointed letter to the service provider. The recommendation was, was uh, supported by the former CFO and approved by the CEO. The SIU found that the 10 service providers were paid double the RFQ uh, threshold, which was 5,000 as per the National Treasury Regulation, although they submitted only one RFQ. The SIU also found that overpricing related to the kilometers charge for the delivery of the water by 17 uh, service providers was identified. And also you also found that uh, Amatola water arranged uh, that the service provider received the water for free from various municipality. And in return, the same water was sold to Amatola water for 4,310 uh, per 15,000 liter in, of water. That is, the, this service provider, they received water for free as a result, they also sell, sold it, that same water to Amatola water for 4,300. Then with regard to procurement of 20 service provider for water tanker through uh, the National Treasury Transversal Contract, SIU investigation found that uh, Amatola water bought procure water cutting truck through National Treasury Transversal Contract. Initially, the AWB was to procure 10 trucks at a cost of 10 million, but this was later increased to 20 trucks at a cost of 30 million. The AW also changed the specification of the trucks that were included in the original transversal contract by including extras that significantly increased the price. The SIU investigation found that on 9 February 2021, the then acting CEO requested an approval of deviation from National Treasury because the steel water tank, which were to be affixed in the vehicles were not included in the initial code and the Amatola water board had to renegotiate with the service provider to include it. The SIU found that the changing of the specification from 10 to 20 trucks was irregular and AWB changed the scope of work budget after the award of the contract instead of going out on a new tender. Then procurement of 20 service providers still under National Treasury Transversal Contract. The AWB was aware of the makeup of the truck. They were procuring the makeup of the truck they were procuring through this contract. And the addition of water tanks to the truck should have been done through a new and separate, separate procurement process. The SIU also found that the division were presented to National Treasury after they had concluded the procurement of the truck. National Treasury later approved the division in this regard without justifying reason. And, and it was only then that Amatola Water Board was able to pay Balo World. In February 2021, 
The AW stated that the reason for the variation in price was an oversight, although the investigation by SIU has obtained and reviewed and showed that it was not an oversight. Then with regard to procurement of aid service provider for drilling and equipping of borehole, the bid specification committee did not meet to discuss the specification of this tender as well as the bill of quantities. The tender was only advertised for six days and not 21 days by, as required by National Treasury. The following were not provided and approved. The deviation and the reason were not recorded uh, on any document during the, the adjudication process. There were no bid specification overview, compulsory clarification meeting attendance register or compulsory clarification meeting minutes were not kept. The bid specification attendance registers were signed few days after the tender was advertised and evaluate, evaluated. No bill of quantities was available at the time when DEC report was handed over to BAC. The bill of quantity was only provided to BEC one month after the first BAC meeting. According to the bid documents, 10 service providers were responsive in terms of the BEC report. However, only eight were approved by the BAC for appointment on a rotation basis as per the tender advert. Then one service provider was given the bulk of the work and paid for higher than the rest without any justification. One official was found to have, to have a conflict of interest in that he was made to manage the project allocated to monitor the work and approve payments of the above mentioned company, which he has his brother as an employee. The conflict was not declared to Amatol the project management unit rem removed a project manager who was initially appointed to manage this project and replaced him with this official manager, the official conflicted manager. Then with regard to procurement of 37 service provider for the rapid response unit, the bid specification never met to put specification together and the tender was only advertised for six days instead of 21 days and 37 service provider were recommended for appointment by BEC and BAC, BAC only approved uh, uh, the recommendation on a rotation basis. Out of the 37 service provider, only three were used repeatedly in terms of their pricing. The service providers were actually number three and five and six on the bid evaluation list. Number one and two were overlooked without any justification. One of the three service provider, a BM engineer was appointed as a JV with a Mesotech, but operated alone outside the JV and got paid such without a, a new appointment. There was no predetermined scope of the work for this tender. The three service providers were allocated geographical area, which was not the condition of the tender. Then this following slide shows the investigation finding. Then we'll start with the civil litigation. As you can see on the extreme right, it's a focus area. 
we mentioned the focus area. The first one was the procurement of the 36 service provider for rainwater. And as you can see, the description, Senior Council was appointed on 21 October 2020. Several proceedings will be instituted in the civil, civil in the special tribunal for the contract again, for the contract against the 36 service provider to be declared invalid and unlawful, and the contract to be set aside. The SIU also want uh, to interdict the Amatola water bought from continue with the contract between them and the 36 service provider. The SIU also seeking a just and equitable relief against this service provider. Then the next uh, focus area, which was the procurement of 17 service provider for water cutting truck, the SIU has submitted a request to for council to be appointed in respect of this matter in order to declare the contract invalid and lawful. And the second one is the procurement of 20 service provider for the water tanker through the National Treasury Transversal Contract. Civil litigation process has been initiated to declare this contract invalid and lawful. Then the next one, procurement of eight service provider for drilling and equipping of borehole Evidence was referred to institute several proceedings to the special tribunal seeking to declare the contract invalid and unlawful, and this process is underway. And the other, uh, uh, other focus area, the procurement of 37 service provider for the rapid response unit, evidence is being considered by the principal forensic lawyer to be referred to civil litigation unit so that we can institute civil proceeding in the special tribunal in order to declare this contract invalid and unlawful. Then the next finding is in, in relation to disciplinary uh, referral action that we have made. The first one is the procurement of the disease service, pro service provider of rainwater harvesting tank. There we have made two disciplinary referrals against the intent and a buyer who has submitted to the Amatola Water Board an investigation the SIU investigation team is preparing evidence in support of the disciplinary action against the following official director, planning, and development, which will be done uh, in a due course. Then the next one, procurement of 17 service provider. There we have not done any DC for now. The next one, procurement of 20 service provider for water tanker through National Treasury Transversal Contract. All possible DC hinges on the current uh, discussion between investigation team. So here there's a currently consultation between the internal team, between the lawyers and the team, so that they can decide whether they make any referrals. Then with regard to the rest of other focus area also, the team is still investigating, where we will decide whether we make any referrals with regard to that. Then the next one is criminal referrals. Then in terms of criminal referral, the first focus area, which was the disease service provider for the rainwater harvest, there we have made 10 criminal referrals, uh, which has been submitted to National Prosecuting Authority against the current, uh, current and former official of Amatola Water Board and service provider as listed uh, below. And... The next uh, one, which is the procurement of 17 service provider for water cutting truck. The criminal referrals are being considered by the principal forensic lawyer in this regard. 
then with regard to procurement of 20 service provider for water tanker through the national treasury transversal contract most of the official involved has resigned and evidence against the, the few that are left are being considered by the principal forensic lawyer and with regard to procurement of eight service provider for drilling and equipping of borehole four criminal referrals have been referred to to uh, being uh, currently being referred and reviewed by the head of the unit for approval and regarding the former SCM manager, former CFO, former manager, project manager, and director of planning and development. And with regard to the procurement of 37 service uh, provider for rapid response unit, four criminal referrals are being prepared against former SCM manager, former CFO, former manager project management unit and director planning and development. They are all for contravention of section 217 of the constitution. So this is all with regard to Amatole uh, Water Board. Then the next slide outline the new allegation that we have received. And in terms of this new allegation, we have uh, prepared a motivation which was submitted to the president the first one is in relation to the Lepel Northern Water Board, where we're looking at the procurement of drought relief technology services and also the procurement of investigation services uh, from service provider in a manner that was contrary to the provision of Section 217 of the Constitution. And also we're looking at uh, allegation that one of the service provider was appointed of, on, on an expedient basis without just cause, and the procurement was not budgeted for. That is in relation of Lepelle Northern Water Board. Then the other allegation is in relation of uh, Amatola Water Board. Also, it relates to the uh, 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 procurement of a drought relief technology and the investigation services. Uh, also, we're looking at the uh, allegation that uh, of the 230 million allocated to Amatola Water Board for drought relief uh, solution, 60% was earmarked for the drought relief technology uh, service provider, and the procurement of both services was not budgeted for. And the SIU has assessed this allegation and has applied for the president to issue a proclamation in relation to these matters. Uh, this is uh, where we come to the end, and the last slide deals with the concern in or in other focus area. Uh, the SIU is aware of various allegations and concern voiced in the media and elsewhere regarding the war on leak uh, program, drop a block and CDB water. The SIU has requested and review reports from the AGSA, Outer Parliament, and the Department of Water and Sanitation in order to thoroughly assess the matter and the allegation around the billions of rents of irregular and unauthorized expenditure. The SIU has assessed this allegation and has applied to the president for a proclamation to be issued in this matter. This is the end of the proclamation, and I'll hand over uh, to advocate. Thank you.
Well, uh, thank you very much, uh, Mr. Lachetto. Uh, Honorable Chair, uh, this is our presentation. Uh, as I indicated when we started, it's quite a lengthy presentation, but we did so with the view that we needed to really give a full update and comprehensive brief to the uh, honorable members of SCOPA, uh, just so that we're able uh, to contribute to SCOPA monitoring uh, uh, what improvements are required uh, in, the, in the department. Uh, so, Honorable Chair, just to uh, close, close out, um, you'll, you'll have seen from the presentation that most of the investigations uh, are really complete. The presidential reports have been prepared and they will be submitted as required. So what, what really will be left is to ensure that the outcomes uh, and consequence management, the recoveries uh, through civil litigation process, uh, the, the referral of evidence pointing to criminal actions to NPA is followed on, um, and other referrals uh, for, for action. Um, as, as my colleague, Ms. Pretorius, indicated that uh, we've observed uh, after various interactions with the department that there is traction in dealing with the, with the disciplinary matters. So the, the consequence management in the department uh, is really, is really carrying on. Uh, and we will continue uh, to, follow, to follow through with the, with the department. Of course, the worrying factor is that, um, as I indicated when I, when I started, that we have we've really made observations which my colleagues have gone through without, without really repeating them. There's, there's just an indication of widespread, widespread maladministration, wanton disregard of procurement process, unauthorized procurement processes, non-compliance with the Public Finance Management Act, amongst others, abuse of emergency provisions, and of importance, poor project management. This, and, and these are really widespread from, from the findings that we have made. These are widespread findings. Uh, uh, as, as my colleagues have indicated, in the, for example, in the Vuani, in the Vuani pipeline, it's such an old investigation, but when we prepared for this presentation, honorable chair and honorable members, I strictly requested my colleagues to, to find out what is the status of this project. As my colleague indicated, the pipeline is still not functioning. Uh, which is which is really which is really a worry. So the the project remains incomplete. But as she indicated, that the department has now moved in to ensure that there's uh, 
you know, the, the, the situation is attended to. Uh, uh, the same with the, in the Lipelle Northern Water Space. We've done that investigation. Uh, it's complete. We've made findings. As my colleague has indicated, uh, Mr. Lkhertu, that we are in the High Court already. The date for the hearing we are pleased has been set, 19th October 2022. It sounds a bit far, but in the High Courts, uh, we're really uh, delayed uh, by queuing there with other litiga litigants. Uh, unlike in the Special Tribunal, when we tried to get all the matters transferred to the Special Tribunal, uh, we found very difficulties and that the litigants would object and so on. Uh, but that's, that's the due process of the law. We'll, we'll respect that. So you would have seen, honorable members, again, is this uh, probably not, not really attending to, 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 to the function uh, as required, particularly in the supply chain management space, that uh, there is no due diligence conducted. There is no, there is really no, uh, uh, effort made to make sure that the, 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 the department is charged appropriate prices. Uh, uh, I've asked my colleague, Ms. Uh, Ms. Victoria, just to do a quick calculation on the, on the, um, the, the value for money that Mr. Lacheto presented on the Lepelle Northern Water. Honorable members, you'll see we just didn't include in terms of percentage terms, but we have calculated now that the increase in costs was 116% more. Uh, this is really, this is really uh, a, a worrying matter. Uh, uh, so in the, in, in the other matter where, where Blackhead Company was appointed, as my colleague said, Seven years later, and I think that was the time when we did the, the counting. Uh, time may have moved on, but seven years later, the project remains incomplete. Uh, in the Huder, in the together, Huder, Huder Throw Water Scheme. Honorable members, we have sought to just show the pictures to the honorable members. Uh, and, and as we speak, those, those were the pictures that we found when we did the investigations. Projects just remaining incomplete, but payments are made. And that really just shows that uh, there, is, there is a critical, critical and, and serious problem here. That how do you pay such huge amounts? when projects are not, are not completed. Uh, so this is the poor project management that we refer to. Uh, and, 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 and really, uh, it, it's, it's, our, it's our concern that in many instances, it really points to wanton disregard. Uh, and, and the investigations in other areas are completing to really do a check whether there's, there's no corruption here. Um, uh, Honourable Chair, you will see in this in this presentation. Oh yeah, I wanted to just comment on the EOH one. 
uh, as you will see that uh, when EOH became aware that there are irregularities here, uh, and they they say they did some work on their part, and they offered to settle at 52 million. So this is the observations I've said to my colleagues that uh, corporate and private companies who are quick to offer settlement, we should never ever be tempted just to, you know, uh, advise the departments uh, and ourselves to accept the settlement without digging deep uh, in terms of the actual loss that the departments have suffered. When we calculated, you'll see on that slide, that we actually calculated the actual loss to be 236 million. So, so that is that is that settlement is totally unacceptable. It's uh, it's undercutting what is it that they're supposed to to pay. So, honourable members, you will see the the last slides on the actual uh, uh, investigations. This just shows that the the maladministration that is so wide. Uh, has now even moved uh, into the PPE space when the national disaster and the COVID-19 uh, struck. Uh, and, and by the way, on this one, uh, this was in the Amatola water port. Uh, I really apologize that I didn't introduce my colleague, Mr. Mike Poyer. He's the head of investigations in our Eastern Cape office. He led the investigation in this part. But you will see that is also widespread uh, uh, maladministration there, overpricing still going on, uh, and, and, other, and other related uh, uh, findings. So, Honorable Chair, in closing, uh, we have presented this uh, to the department. And our expectation is that the department uh, obviously should, should take this into account as they work on improvements uh, and possibly the turnaround plan in terms of ensuring that the department has the plans to avoid all this uh, going forward. We've listened to the executive authority of the department, the minister, uh, that the department is really hard at work to, to, to avoid this uh, from, from ongoing. But of course, the other observation is that uh, this is just amongst others, the indication that we've picked up in various investigations of problems in the public procurement system. And we are working close and contributing to the national treasury process. Uh, I know they've published the public procurement bill. We are making uh, our, our contributions there so that uh, that process takes into account what we have observed. Uh, honorable Chair and Honorable Members, uh, we, are, we, we are really thankful for this opportunity to present as comprehensive as we did and giving us the time uh, to do the presentation. Thank you very much. Is the Chair in? I, I'm here, Babu Samia. Um, thank you okay. very much. But I, I, I thought I should stay until the presentation was done uh, so that uh, and then I will, will be step into the meeting with the um, officials of Eastern Cape. I just think uh, two things on my side. Um, I think this sets the scene, of course, colleagues, for us to continue the work of the 
The Fifth Parliament, in so far as the inquiries into water matters were concerned, as the legacy reported instructed, quite clearly there's a slow pace in so far as consequence management is concerned um, in this regard, in so far as the water space uh, is concerned and the extent of the corruption um, will speaks for itself and requires a particular concerted effort to and focus of the committee. And so the proposal is that uh, the oversight visit in the next cycle of parliament, the next designated week uh, for uh, committee oversight visits and focus on water-related matters um, so that we can be able to tie this particular one down. And as indicated, colleagues, we will be receiving the eight days briefing uh, on the audit outcomes. So they'll be tabled to Parliament on Friday as per the commitment of the uh, Department of Water and Sanitation is concerned. And we then get that briefing next week uh, and then prepare the hearings. I think it's a major portfolio which is going to require quite a lot of work and focus on our side. And I think we'll have to devise uh, mechanisms of uh, managing it and eating away at it slowly. Uh, and, you know, with due focus on the relevant spaces. So um, I just wanted to thank you, colleagues, and for your indulgence. Um, Babosome, please uh, uh, feel free to take over. And if we were still in session when we are done here, I will rejoin the meeting. But I just wanted to uh, just state those things that the, the, the slow pace of consequence management in implementation when we could in TB is worrisome. Uh, you, you were speaking about billions of rents and uh, the, the investigations are revealing these things, but seemingly successful prosecutions, uh, recoveries and bringing these matters to logical legal conclusions is not happening at the desired pace. And this is creating a conducive environment for corruption to continue in the water space. Uh, and it's one portfolio that we really do need to look at. And so I think the collaboration of the committee and uh, the SIU uh, will be very, very important as we've worked in the past. And I think we'll have to engage with the presidency further on some of the reports related to the water portfolio that the SIU has completed uh, in juxtaposing it uh, to the discussion that we had uh, yesterday. So I'm sure we'll be able to work out the modalities of the oversight visits to these spaces and the hearings that you must have. Um, thank you very much, uh, colleagues. Babusomi will be in your hands. Thank you. Okay, Chair. Uh, thank, thank you very much. Uh, Just one second. Sorry, Bob. Some OSIS Dombi advises that the oversight week is in August, so we will be we will we will then focus on that oversight areas in August. Sorry about that interruption, Bob. Sure. Okay, thank you, Chair. Uh, have, have a good time in the Eastern Cape, my province. I will uh, send you a woman sharp. Yeah, I will smell the song. Um, colleagues, uh, the presentation by um, uh, Advocate uh, Motiba and the team. Um, really, I appreciate it, uh, as always, um, uh, on the 
the actual knock-on things which are uh, matters of interest uh, to us in terms of service delivery and uh, looking into matters of value uh, for money. Very comprehensive report, uh, which uh, covers a number of uh, things with relation with uh, water services, which stretches um, uh, at various provinces uh, on, on, on areas of interest. I don't know whether is there anyone who would want to uh, uh, comment, ask questions uh, from the from the report? Uh, so far, uh, looking into the uh, the, sc- the scope group, there's no there's no hand, and uh, looking into uh, the gadget. No hand raised. Uh, colleagues, are you still there? Oh, there's one hand uh, from the a gadget. Um, uh, Honorable Van Minen, that's the only hand I see. So Thanks far. very much, Chair. Uh, I'm really just raising a hand so that you, you don't feel like you're sitting all alone. I just want to agree. I mean, I think this is shocking, and I think that we really do need to focus on this in August. So I really support um, the chair in this regard. Thanks. Thank you so much, Honourable Tolashe. Thank you very much, Honourable Chairperson. Good morning to you and to everybody in the meeting. I welcome this report, Chair. It's a devastating report, to say the least. However, it's a good report for the role that we're supposed to play as COPA and all the institutions that are supposed to deal with corruption. Mine is just to request when they give us the amount of monies that have been spent before the project majority of time has been concluded or far before it is supposed to be, have been concluded, but you realize that a lot of money has already been paid. If they can just give us percentage on, on, on insofar as those monies are concerned, I get to hear uh, consistently that the money is paid in advance a lot of money has been paid in advance, but just it looks small, but to say what percentage is that so that uh, ordinary people can see in their eyes on how corruption played its game in, 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 in so far as Department of Water is concerned. And the last one, I guess it might be one of us chair or the AG, whether the, the letter of, of the minister that has been exploited, is it a correct letter? Is the letter that was supposed to be written by the minister? Because consistently we got to hear that it, the letter was used and majority of time it was used for wrong reason. Was the letter a, a correct letter? In fact, thanks, Chair. Uh, thank you, Mamtulashe. Um... Uh, for your comments on the, the two errors which uh, relate to the appreciation of the report. And uh, secondly, we have uh, made uh, the matter on EOH uh, uh, in terms of the engagement for supplement. 
and and uh, it's a it's a it's a huge matter indeed because it as well uh, in, involves a, a matter of acknowledgement um, of wrongdoing one way or the other, and and uh, how to end up uh, with uh, uh, such uh, instances in in a general spectrum. Uh, over to you, advocate. Uh, thank you very much uh, for, for, for the opportunity once more. Uh, and we really appreciate that the, the committee uh, would do an oversight. Uh, we are at all times prepared and willing to assist uh, in, the, in the execution of the Honourable Committee's uh, uh, work. And uh, we will be, will be there to point out some of, the, some of these issues. Um, we really appreciate that. Um, uh, we agree uh, with Honorable uh, Tolashe that uh, in, in, in many instances, uh, if you look at slide 66, where we're showing the value for money figures on the Lepelle, while the figures do really look big, uh, I mean, the total there, it's an uh, estimated cost of Six million, but the actual cost is thirteen, more than half, uh, and 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 the variance is seven million. But in percentage terms, it even brings it more home. That is is really huge, hundred and sixteen percent increase in cost. So, Honourable Tolasha, we've taken that to heart. We will. Uh, yes, I see. Mr. Lukato is showing that slide. Uh, that's the slide there. So if you translate the total, uh, we could do each one, one up to five in percentage terms, but we just calculated the, to- the, the grand total. The grand total, that variance of 7 million, translates to 100 and 116% overpricing. So uh, going forward, Honorable Tolasha, we take the, the advice. We will, we will show uh, those figures uh, continuously in percentage terms. Uh, Honorable Chair, thank you for that comment. As I indicated, that um, when when EOH approached us for a settlement, uh, we sat down together, the team worked very hard and said, no, uh, uh, this this cannot uh, be the case. They did uh, uh, the actual calculation of the actual cost. So as you can see, as you can see there, I mean, offering 52 million vis-a-vis the 236 million actual cost, that cannot be. Uh, and, and by the way, the other, the other consideration, Honorable Chair, is that uh, we will ensure that over and above, over and above the, the civil litigation process, which, which sees to the payment and recoveries, that other, other consequences like criminal charges against these corporates are also, are also taken into account. Uh, so so we, will, we will really ensure that that, that, that happens. Uh, so, Chair, uh, Honorable Chair, uh, I would like to, to really pause here uh, and, and, and just, uh, I mean, on, on the comments by the, by, by the Chair, uh, about the slow pace of consequence management. And that is, we share that view. Uh, and hence, our continued engagement with the department 
to insist that there should be traction in holding those who are responsible to account. Um, on the civil litigation process, Chair, we do have the avenue now of special tribunal, which speeds up the litigation process and it should speed up the recovery. So the instruction to the, to the legal team is that any of the matters, the ones that we have in, instituted in the high court, it's uh, back then before, before the special tribunal was, was uh, proclaimed. So, so we are trying to push in the high court as best as we can, uh, but at least we, we do see you know, trial dates being set and so on. But going forward, every matter will be, will be instituted in the, in the special tribunal just to ensure that we speed up the litigation and the recovery process. Thank you very much, Chair. We really appreciate it. Oh, yes. The other thing was the, 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 the presidency framework of monitoring the, 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 the SIU referrals. Just as they presented to the Honorable Committee yesterday, all of this uh, and the other reports that we've already submitted to the presidency, and it's probably good that the Honorable Committee interacts uh, with presidency on that. We will ensure that they are incorporated and they are taken into account in that uh, in that monitoring framework. Thank you very much. We appreciate the chat. Thank you very much, uh, Advocate. Um, as always, appreciated. Uh, your your report is uh, on point, and uh, we seek to appreciate your your interaction with the committee and, and uh, to provide such a, a detailed information, uh, which gives us careful uh, comfort that uh, uh, the uh, work which relates to uh, financial related matters is attended to. Um, with, without any other questions, as I see that uh, members are so satisfied, um, we, we thank everybody. Uh, for attending and the contributions, and uh, I prefer uh, your team uh, for such stunning work. Thank you very much. Uh, the meeting adjourns. Thank you. Thank you very much, Thank Honorable you. Chair, Honorable Members. Thank you. Thank you.